Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host via Venice Beach, California, Joey No Chill Prano. Raise the roof. Raise the Ruther. What's that for? I don't know. Bringing it back? Yeah. What was that, early 90s? Raise the roof? Sure. Mid-90s? Yeah. yeah. I bet the young dirtballs have no clue what we're talking about. <laughs> Where, where, did that become, where did that become big? Was that like a hip-hop thing? I, I got to imagine. Yeah. Everything. Everything is. We've been raping black culture for years, Andy. Yeah, that was long before the term. Uh, Cultural appropriation? Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was stumbling on my words there. Excuse me, sir. Uh, your roof is going to have to stay at the same level. Raising it is cultural appropriation. Dude, I, I can't get over, and, and obviously we're going to get to the sports that we have to discuss, but I can't get over how the traditional left has straight up turned into the right on so many issues, like with censorship. I just yeah. can't get over this. It's, it's scary, man. Like, I, I get worried when we're trying to censor things that was that was always a – left like a staple of if you were liberal you didn't want things censored yeah but you know the i think what the thing is now is the way what what's getting blurry is the line between what is public and what is private like if you remember in the 80s and the 90s like the Frank Zappa versus Tipper Gore kind of thing, where it's like, you can't say those words in your music. And that was like, the conservative thing was like, putting the, you know, uh, the explicit symbol on every album and making sure that no one says, shows boobs on TV or whatever. Meanwhile, the whole time, the conservatives were saying the most horrific things ever to one another in the comfort of their own homes uh, or to the help or to somebody whose race they didn't respect or somebody whose background they didn't respect meanwhile the liberals were you know fight to power freedom of speech whatever and then they were all clutching their pearls at home it's like you can't say that that's wrong so now, especially with social media and everything, everything's getting twisted when the answer is obviously, it's like let people say whatever they want. And if you want to like not give them work or if you want to not be their friend because they say it, that's fine. But the whole thing of like, you can't say this is ridiculous and cancel culture is ridiculous. But, but you know, I'm sure you've read 1984 and a lot of people bring that up, especially with the news of um, Gone with the Wind on HBO Max. I, I just think revisionist history is more detrimental to mankind because you also don't want to forget, right, Joe, about all the bad things. Does that make sense? Or the things that were not good. So even with the statue issue, I don't have a problem with like Confederate statues being removed, but we can't also erase history. And I feel like people on that side want to have it both ways. They always want to remind you of history, but they also want to erase it. And it's like, no, there were a lot of bad things that happened in this country, but we can't revise it. In fact, it's important to remember it so that we don't repeat those bad things. Yeah, but the statue thing is, is like, is, is removing statues erasing history? No, but I think it's important to understand and know the Civil War and all the many factors that 
why it was fought and why can't well, watch watch the fucking Ken Burns documentary. But but let me put it this way: this is the analogy that I used uh, this weekend when I was in Norris Lake. When I was in Germany, when I was in Munich, we went to a concentration camp in Dachau, right? And they still have the areas where everybody slept, the gas chambers. It's really tough to see, right? And then they have a museum next to it, which also has some very graphic and vivid pictures. They have a movie theater to watch a movie. My point is, it's important to see those things to realize the awful atrocities of the Holocaust. Just like it's just as important, I think, to have museums and areas to remember all the bad things we did with slavery. Yeah, the, 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 the only problem is we're a completely different co country than Germany, and you need to handle everything on a case-by-case -case basis. And, you know, we, Germany has totally, like, taken it on the chin for the atrocities of the Nazis and, and concentration camps and whatever, and that was 70 years ago, you know? The United States is pretending slavery and the Civil War kind of overall, just like for the most part, didn't happen. And that's going on, you know, we're coming up on 200 years and people are just being like, yeah, but come on, you know, like whatever. It's not like we can keep the statues up. It's like, let's not talk about it. I mean, the idea that Nat, like the whole, the whole idea that I, I'm sure it's on your list, but like NASCAR banning the, confederate flag it's like that shouldn't even be a like the idea that we're having this discussion is ridiculous because why does anybody have their confederate flag yeah no i agree there and actually i had this discussion I, last I, night. I, I don't think i don't think germany has to ban the nazi flag i don't think people are flying it. no i i agree trust me i fullheartedly agree that well, well i i'm also i don't understand I've been to the South a lot, so have you, and I understand there, there's this Southern pride, but I never understood pride in a war that was fought on slavery and also as, as traitors. Does that make sense? Like, to me, you know me, at the end of the day, like, I am like... But you do, but, but, but if you realize that people are still flying it, then you do understand it, right? Then you, then what you understand is that the people who are flying it believe that the, the side of the traitors were right and what they were fighting for was correct. Well, look, I, I just think that when I see a Confederate flag, this analogy I use, I always get annoyed when you see someone who lost an election, like if somebody still has a Hillary Clinton bumper sticker, I'm like, you took an L, take off the bumper sticker. It's the same way when I see a Confederate flag or anything pro Confederacy, it's like you guys lost and you lost, like you said, you know, 150 years ago, just take the L. Like that was a bad, bad war and you lost. And it's a bad look. And the fact that we're still having this discussion is pretty ridiculous. But I also would say, I'm, I'm assuming it's probably the minority of the South that legitimately cares about this. I would at least hope so. Well, again, yeah, I, I, I think it is. But the idea that NASCAR has to ban it, that tells you how many there were. It, it yeah. was, it, they're, they're not like, NASCAR releases a statement that Dan can't bring his Confederate flag anymore. They're not talking about a guy. They're talking about a bunch of people. Yeah. Have you ever been to a NASCAR event? No. Would you go? Because I would go. Yeah, sure. Why not? experience it, especially the people watching. I mean, look, NASCAR obviously had to do that. It's, it's long overdue, and, and you're right. There's clearly a problem. Obviously, you and I don't know much about NASCAR, and we don't watch it, but the fact that they did have to issue a statement and make it a part of the policy of the sport. By the way, sport, sport. Is it a sport? 
I mean, they're not athletes. Let's just leave it at that. Or is it a game? Or is it a very, very well-skilled game? And, and by the way, I'm not saying it's not physically grueling, of course. Exactly. And I'm not saying it's easy either. So, by the way, being the greenskeeper of a golf course is physically grueling. doesn't make it a sport. What would you rather watch? Somebody grooming Augusta or somebody going in circles? Probably grooming Augusta, honestly. I think there's – it's pretty interesting. I mean, yeah, you know cutting the lawn in that level. By the way, I have all the respect in the world. Like racing is not only grueling, but like real, you know, those guys are, are are truly putting their lives on the line and whatever. But like at the same time, again, it's like, I always just, if if you want to call it sport, that's fine. Um, And, and I'm fine with like using that as, Golf's a sport. Darts are a sport. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but are they athletes? Well, I don't well, think so. well, that's my point, too, is like – so I was, watch, I was actually watching bowling with my dad. How funny is this? We were actually watching it. This is the state of sports right now. And the two guys who were amazing were so fat, so out of shape. And that's the thing. Like, it doesn't – and I'm watching how good a bowlers they are. And I'm thinking in my head, they are so good at what they do. And it's not easy. But to me, this is a highly skilled game. It's not a sport. I mean, that's obviously a very ambiguous term or a fluid term that you can use loosely. But I just, I, I, anyone who gets mad when I say this, I don't understand. It's not me demeaning these people. Like you said, I know how difficult it is. I never said I could do it ever once. I also know that baseball, basketball, football, hockey, whatever you want to name it, those are some serious athletes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I think, I that's, got, I, I think that's the thing. It's like we can get loose with sport all we want, but uh, athlete, athletics is a different thing. Sport is defined as an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. So these all qualify, you know, it's physically exerting the bowl. Sure. You know, uh, but are they athletes? Certainly not. You know, the new thing is they bowl with two hands. Did you know this? Uh, no. So when I was watching, this is the pro bowlers. Yeah. Wow. I was watching these guys in a, in a championship. And they were bowling with two hands. I don't know, like like grandma style? No, but they still put the spin on it. Okay. You'd have to see. I can't even explain it because I don't know enough about the sport. Or game, should I say. Well, I think we, talk, I think we talked about this before, but like bowling for the casual man, like that's over with coronavirus, right? For like, I mean, talk about when does comedy clubs back? When do whatever come back? Like, when does a place where you eat chicken wings, lick your fingers, then put them in a ball, then roll that ball down a thing, then it comes back through a machine, somebody else sticks their fingers, sometimes in the same ball, they're licking it, like a lot of licking and sticking. <laughs> well, Cherry Grove Lanes where Walt Bulls is open now. It's unbelievable. He is not, he is not gone yet. Um, I, I look, you have to remember who also bowls though, right? Like my dad is the prime candidate of not exactly. He's one of those that this is all overblown. Right. And I'd say the majority of the men in his bowling league fit that mold as well. So I think you're just going to have a bunch of those type of people who are just going to go right back. Yeah. You know, like this is kind of a scam. Okay. Boomer lanes. <laughs> I think I think that's a great chain. Boomer Lanes would be a great chain. Yeah, Boomer Lanes. I think it's perfect. Just like a lot of like marketing, it just in like the food, in the drink, and everything to like the total Boomer generation. Well, you know, we joked in my family that my dad's immune system from, I mean, no lie, probably forty-five years of being in a bowling league was probably 
so hot. Like his immune system from just bowling every Wednesday for 45 years has probably built up a lot of antibodies. You know how like bowling alleys for a while there were really trying to target the young people. It's like, oh, we're going to do hipster food and drink. We're going to like have black lights on. We'll show music videos on the screen. In movies. Yeah. Forget all that because the young people now are like, this is disgusting. Like, I can't believe I didn't get coronavirus from bowling. You just got to go full boomer on the TVs, which by the way, are the old like bubble screens just show like eighties basketball highlights. Yeah. Like, oh, the night, the 1989 NBA Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, God, look at this Lambeer. Tell me LeBron could handle Lambeer. This is, this is just great. It's funny you say that. So my mom. Just episodes of MASH. Yeah, this episode such a MASH. So my mom, like. No, I'm, saying, I'm saying showing episodes of MASH oh, in the oh, book. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is also a MASH. That, that clinger, I don't know. So it's funny you bring that up, uh, 80s, because I got to say this. So my mom keeps everything, right? Like, my mom kept everything. And she was probably the most organized, meticulous hoarder I've ever met. So my brother Brad and I last night were looking through some things in the closet. We pulled down a thing just labeled hats. You should have seen what we found. I found an old Cincinnati Bengals hat that was autographed by Anthony Munoz that I got, no lie, 30 years ago. Then I found an old Xavier basketball hat that was autographed by former Xavier coach Pete Gillen, again, 30 years ago. And then I found, I'm going to have to tweet this stuff out. I found an old Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan hat, probably again, 30 years ago. Signed by Jordan? Where the, the back, it says Jordan 23 on the back. And in the front, as the Bulls logo and then his like fake, you know, stitched in autograph. And I just, I just thought, I thought of like a nine-year-old Andy Ruther and how much I used to wear that Bulls hat and how I was just so diehard MJ. It's crazy. Well, you know, this is the anniversary. Of the flu game. Of the flu game. So uh, about 12 hours ago, um, the, the guy from Buffalo who was using his phone to, to black out police communications, uh, that, that American spy was 12 hours ago in 1998, he was working in a pizza hut in Salt Lake City using some of his Antifa poison to try to murder Michael Jordan. A national treasurer, Michael Jordan, right? Who, what, what, is, a, what is a worse theory that pizza hut salt lake city poisoned michael jordan before a finals game or that crippled decrepit old man (laughs) was was trying to black out police communications with the iphone that he modded into a a police descrambler yeah it's a pretty good one dude It's it's one of my favorite uh takes or conspiracy theories that have come out of the protests that this old man was basically, you know what the old man was? He's basically the, uh, he's basically uh, Q from James Bond. Cause you know, he got really old and he was just coming up with all these quirky devices. Yeah. That's basically what he was. He's, he's uh he's a white version of Morgan Freeman in, uh, in the dark Knight. There you go. <laughs> He's, he's got he's got all these like modern devices but he happens to be 75 years old sure well joe i will go bowling back to that real quick okay like when i return to los angeles if i ever return would you go bowling with me i mean if you like really wanted to go bowling i, I something i think needs to happen is i think this is a good opportunity. We should all stay strong for as long as we can and not go bowling because we have to make bowling cheap again. I agree, but I'm going to sweeten the deal for you. A nice, cold draft Miller Lite, my friend. Ah, I love it. That'll get you the bowling alley, right? Yeah, but, the, but that's the thing about bowling is like 
back in the day, it used to be go there, you get a pitcher, a Miller Lite for six bucks, and you just bowl your to your heart's content. Now, like, I'm drinking my Miller Lights at home. You get that and, home delivery. And, and, and it feels so good, Andy. It's so much cheaper than the $75 Miller Lite pitchers that happen at bowling alleys anytime in the last 10 years. Just getting that home delivery, drinking at home in the comfort of my own home, talking to people on Zoom, Zoom happy hours, Zoom podcasts with Miller Lite. It's great. It is great, Joe. Miller Lite, the original light beer. While you're home, enjoy a classic. Available for delivery today. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. And uh, you know, you, you know, what? I'll have to do the math on those carbs per 16 ounces because I've been doing. I've been. I've been buying, and I have some in my fridge. I'm not going to crack one this morning because. Like all good, responsible Miller Lite folks, I am driving up to San Francisco later on. But I, I've been going with the pint bottles lately. Oh, nice. The pint, the pint cans, I should say. Yeah. So you're leaving after the show? Yeah, a couple hours after the show, going to head up north. Can you hear me still? I can't hear you. Well, there, now I can. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what happened. So are you going to Tahoe or not? Yeah. Going up to San Francisco today. Tahoe tomorrow morning. Uh, probably be at McDuff's Pub tomorrow for a uh, happy hour. Golf at Edgewood on Saturday. Ooh. Uh, maybe a little, maybe getting out on uh, Damo's boat for a day. Maybe Sunday. Guy. Keep it. Keep it. All better now. I love it, man. I got to get my butt up there sometime. Yeah, you do. Looks really nice. Got to get out of this heat, this Cincinnati heat. Uh, we got to talk back home stuff, a little USC football. And the Trojans have now officially welcomed back Reggie Bush in this just whole bizarre thing where the technical term i love this joe disassociated from the school yeah so for the last 10 years for anybody who wasn't aware because of the whole scandal with with bush being paid and getting houses and cars and whatever happened with him uh when he played under pete carroll he was disassociated and by the thing everything that happened was he was recruited to play football at USC. Like every major athlete was recruited to play at every major football or basketball school. Exactly. So Reggie comes back. has been away. Yeah. So by the way, and that's a whole separate thing, which I didn't know until I read into it. So, you know, the Heisman committee or whatever it is, the, the trust or whatever it's called, they voluntarily took away Reggie Bush's Heisman which is which is wild to me. So stupid. Do you think he gets that back? I don't know. He should. He won it. He earned it. He played against guys who were definitely getting paid by their schools. He was playing with guys who got paid by their schools. Every coach that he coached against or played for was getting paid by their school. The NCAA is professional sports in basketball and football and baseball to some degree. I'm sure in, in some other sports in slight moments here and there. It's all a goddamn sham. The idea of holding somebody accountable for doing what thousands of people have done before and after them is so ridiculous and so stupid. And the, the idea that USC is going to disassociate. So USC is disassociating with Reggie Bush because Reggie Bush took the money that they paid him. That they paid him? Yeah. So you guys are not talking anymore because you came to a contractual agreement? Yeah. It's a very weird thing. But now we're ending it because, because time's up. Reggie has suffered for too long. He should be able now to what? Go to USC football games again? I mean, it's so wear his Wear his sweatshirt? It's so ridiculous. You know, he works for Fox Sports for college football. And they did a game last year at the Coliseum 
on, I think, a Friday night or Thursday night, whenever it was, he had to get permission as an employee of Fox Sports to cover the halftime game at the USC game. I'm not making this up. This is how ridiculous this is. You know what it is, by the way? Do you know why they're doing this? No. They're doing this because now that schools and everything's changing with making money off image and likeness. Yeah. They're trying to get that number five Reggie Bush jersey money, which they would get a cut of. Which they were already getting it, which they were already getting the full cut of before. I'm, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how it works out, but I've seen things that like it has something to do with how the NCAA is changing the laws on how this works. By the way, Reggie Bush, I, I want to talk about him for a minute. I put him up there as far as explosive college players. And obviously he didn't have the pro career that he had in college, but I, I'd probably put him easily top five as one of the most fun players that I've ever watched play college football. I mean, I mean he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's right up there with the greatest uh, college careers that I've ever seen. Right. Especially from, when you consider that he was there a couple of years, he did He didn't have like one blowout season. Like, you know, for example, like Joe Burrow this year, it was like, he had this big, great season. And then he was done. And he put together like multiple great years, probably should have won both of those Heisman's. Um, he's right up there. I mean, there, there uh, again, you t- when you're talking about explosive and you're talking about guys who had, whether it be one in, one and done kind of great campaigns or just guys that really, you know, their explosiveness, whether it be returning kicks or whatever, was like a little overblown uh, from being like a running back and a pass catcher and a return man and whatever. Pretty, pretty tough to beat. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, he was, he's pretty amazing. I mean, in terms of like greatest college football players of all time, where like where's I know I know there are some people who have like Tebow one, you know. It's it's tough not to put Tebow one though, to be honest, because he also did it for four years. Yeah. I'm looking at Reggie Bush right now. You know, he played three years. His his yards from scrimmage goes eight thirty five. Again, that's as a true freshman. Fourteen hundred, then to twenty two hundred his junior year. So you're right. I mean, he, he basically put back to back sophomore and junior amazing careers. I still think it's Tim Tebow, but as far as careers, and like you said, kick and punt returns, he was also doing. Right. So, I mean, damn, it's, it, I, I just remember you put those games on the moves and, and I saw when he was trending, they were showing some old USC highlights. Some of the jukes, man. They, they oh, yeah. were, people don't realize USC was so good, like celebrities were going to USC games. Hollywood was, had tickets. They were on the sideline. And that's, yeah. also, that's also when the Lakers snuck. So basically, they were good. Bush was there 2003, 2004, 2005. And uh, I shouldn't say stunk because the Lakers were all right a couple of those years. But um, because they won a title in uh, 2003, but yeah, it was it was fun to watch all those teams and just just end this like this weird disassociation. And like you said, they gave him the money. Yeah. Also, like speaking of kind of great USC running backs, all time college football players. Did they ever disassociate OJ with USC? I don't think they did. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's so ridiculous. Kill two people. Yeah. And again, it's most ridiculous because what did Reggie Bush do except take the offer that you gave him? Yeah. You're right. I mean, I don't know if you remember what they got hit with. They got hit with. They got, they got hit with harder penalties. This is the NCAA in a nutshell. USC for getting Reggie Bush and his parents a house 
and all the payments and whatever they did down in uh, San Diego where he's from. They got hit with harder penalties, ultimately, because a lot of them were rescinded, than Penn State did for running an underage child molestation ring for 25 years. Like, to me, that sums up the NCAA. Right there. Said it, y'all. Yeah. I don't, like, I'm just going to let that go because I don't want to go. There's so many bad paths to go down there. But we have, we have still, I know, I know we have a short show. We have, we have, there's only so many headlines. We have a lot of things to fill. But if I'm going to rant and rave today, I mean, maybe I save it for Boston fans again instead of, like, the NCAA covering for pedophiles and then shaming people who – basically just played in the NCAA the way every major college athlete does. Look, I'm just going to say once again, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go too long. Like the NCAA is, and has basically always been since the eighties, a complete and total sham. And you can, I understand that there are people out there who are like, Oh, I love SEC football. Oh, I love Texas football, Oklahoma. We're like, this is like the biggest thing ever, but it's complete and total bullshit. And you, you know, grow up college football, college basketball. It's fucking scam. Don't support it. I want to do, I want to get a bunch of celebrities to do a black and white montage video where we shame the NCAA. Well, I want to bring that up then. Let's look at, obviously we're in a very hypersensitive, like socio-political time. Who needs a, like, if you had to look at overhaul, like let's take law enforcement, our political system. uh, I mean, defund the NCAA is, is easy. Like, come on, why, why, why are we, why have we not done that? But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of problems that I have with everything from our two-party political system to this idea of the Drug Enforcement Agency. You know, all these, all these shams that, like you're saying, have gone on for years. But it's all that, about money. It's just money. It's yeah, just, it's all about money. It's just, just people stealing money. And, but, and, as, and as long as people support it blindly... Not all, not all cops are bad. Not, not every college football team is paying its players. Well, I, I think there's a couple. Yeah, there's some good apples. Akron's not doing it. The Akron Police Department hasn't murdered anybody. Well, I actually think there's truth to what you're saying, Joe. They, they, yeah. They're not. They're not all bad. But yeah. but if you're participating in the system, you're willfully being a part of something that is really, 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 really bad. But the, the whole term to fund, I think people don't understand that, by the way. No, you think? Because the fund doesn't mean get rid of. No shit. But a lot of people don't know that. The fund is not the same word as dismantle or disband. It's the fund the just means fund. allocate the money in different resources or change how things work, which is exactly what the NCAA needs. Yeah, no shit. Just a complete overhaul. If you were running the NCAA, what's the first thing you do? Well, like, that's a loaded question, right? Because it's like, if you were the commissioner in the NFL, how would you handle us? Well, is my job in the NCAA to, to make it a bunch of money, make it more entertaining, make it whatever? But what, what do I want to happen to the NCAA is I want it to be college sports and stop pretending that it's college sports when it's really professional sports. Stop having the haves and the haves nots of the major sports that are televised and that people watch or care about. Like college sports is based. I, I get college hockey's big in four schools in Boston. I get that college baseball is big in Florida and you know parts of the you know southeast. Wow. Yeah, but like there's thirty college sports teams on every campus. And two of them, at most, are ones that people care about. Three at a couple schools. No one, like, the, the Michigan swim team 
is probably really good and the Stanford swim team and the Texas swim team, but no one's going to cheer for that. And no yeah. one's buying, and no one's buying Michael Phelps goggles. With well, actually, Michigan on them. If you look at the numbers, the, the only sports that make money are college basketball and college football. Like, like that's, that's not just a, me tossing that's that's a fact the only sports that make money are those and those sports alone like the ohio state football program basically funds every sport at ohio state and not just every sport it's also funding the new science center you know the the, the new academic hall the new whatever it is but i'll say this again and 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 it's combining two of joe prano's most famous hot takes but you don't need to be playing professional level football or basketball for you to make money on fans. College fans are students and dumb assholes who like won't let go of this like thing that they have about their like state school or like where they live or whatever. And proof of it is college basketball is trash. It's trash. It's trash basketball. It's, it's worse fundamental basketball in a lot of games than probably great high school games. Because high school kids can't just be like, I'm a freshman. I'm done. It is trash. The NCAA tournament is trash basketball. And it makes a ton of money. Because people don't care about the quality of basketball. They care about the, the bracket. They care about the tournament. They care about the, the, the schools that they love so much. They care about Coach K and Michael Jordan went to UNC and UCLA, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't stop paying guys to make it good because you don't need it to be good. Yeah. So stop making it professional sports. Let the guys – if you took literally the 15 best players out of college basketball every year and they weren't there and they just went to the NBA, it would still be just as big. It would probably be better. I mean, there are benefits of letting the guys go because, as we see, the teams that have played together play a better form of basketball. It's like yeah, any – Exactly. Speaking of basketball, I, I finished. I finished Sacred Hoops. I crushed it. How was that? Less than two weeks. It's really good. If, if anybody again has any interest, in, it's it's really cool seeing Phil Jackson's perspective. And and uh, I mean, he's out there at times. I'm not gonna lie. Like times you're like, bro. Like you you could be a non sports fan and read this book because it's it's so heavily vested in the Native American stuff and the Eastern philosophies and Zen and Buddha. And uh, it's really good though. It's really good because he is such a Michael Jordan guy, but he's also realistic. And for the record, he did ask Michael and Scotty before they got Dennis Rodman. I, sh I showed you that picture from the book. But again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, that's not even – it, of course they did. It's just interesting that everybody like this notion of dream team and Phil not only says that Phil lays out step by step, which I thought was really interesting after the bulls lost to the magic in the 94 playoffs, he straight, I'm sorry, 95 playoffs he straight up says we needed defense and we needed a rebounder. Like he, Phil, it's almost, it's funny. It's almost like you read the book though. I swear, Joe, and I'm not trying to like, you know, blow up your ego anymore. Cause we all know you don't need that, but it's literally what you've been saying. And that's what I found so interesting. Like word for word, he says, we lost Horace Grant. He beat us. We needed that. Dennis Rodman was the epitome of someone who could play both amazing defense and get rebounds. And that's what we got. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, that doesn't even blow my – it's like that. you don't have to be a basketball wizard to figure that out. In fact, all you have to be – here's the thing. Every reasonable person that watches, watched basketball then or knows the truth about what happened then is me. The only people that are – Michael Jordan never had to have a – how to have a th big three. Michael Jordan would never team up with other great players. Michael Jordan would never. Or that Michael Jordan lost in 95 to the Magic because his legs were weak. You talk about a minority of people. We're not talking a minority in a number, but we're just talking. There's two groups of people. There's the people who know what actually happened based on history and their eyes and their ears and everything. And people who just want to create their own story, their own legend that Michael Jordan only loses when he's crippled from playing another sport. He, and, and they believe that he was poisoned by a pizza man and they like, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. They, they, they lost to Horace Grant. And the magic. They got destroyed on the boards that series. Destroyed. Yeah. Because of Shaq and because of Horace. And because they love to trot out there the Bill Wenningtons of the world and try to compete when they lost their best power forward. So they went and they got the best defending, best rebounding power forward who just happened to be the biggest rival that Scottie Pippen or Michael Jordan ever faced. And they – Asked both of their permission to get the guy who tried to injure them on the team. And they said yes, because they didn't want to lose anymore. Because they wanted to team up with their great arch nemesis. And they needed to, to win. I think there's a Jordan uh, buzzer going off back in Venice. Yeah. Is, is, that, the, is that the Jordan stand alert? Yeah. Somebody, it's somebody backing up the bullshit truck. <laughs> but seriously it's a great book and it really makes me respect phil even more considering he wrote it in 95 and then this is before his second three-peat with the bulls and then obviously what he did with the lakers with five more titles and it just phil was just a master to get everybody to buy in and we always talk about bill belichick but but i feel like belichick gets everybody to buy in but belichick also is a master at the x's and o's for Phil, it's just he, – he gets these guys to play together, and to, including Jordan, and he talks about that. And he talks about how, you know, Michael wasn't ready to buy in at first and how he told him. And I know they covered this lightly in, in the last dance, but, dude, we're not going to win if you're getting 35 a game. We're just not. Like, we, we need the John Paxons of the world and, you know, those type of players to contribute. To really help the team, but it, it's a really and, good. And, and and Andy, that's the thing about the Jordan stands and whatever is like, and and this goes back to a very similar thing that I talk about with quarterbacks a lot. But it, it's a great example in this is like, you can use Michael Jordan's career stats and accomplishments as a whole, but you also have to remember that a lot of the things that you're referencing are things that didn't help them win for a while. And then, you're, and then you're using the titles to justify it as well. You're like, well, he won six times and six finals MVP, and he was a scoring champ 12 times or whatever. It's like, yeah. And, and nine of those times, they didn't win shit because he was scoring too much. Yeah, and, and by the way, to Jordan's credit, Jordan did buy in. And, and, and you see that. And, again, they talked about that in The Last Dance. But if you read the book, I think it – gives even better insight into once Michael started trusting these type of guys, especially in clutch moments, they won and they also performed. Well, the bottom, the bottom line is you can talk about young, you can talk about immature. You could also just talk about proving himself as a player. You could talk about, you know, not having the Pippins of the world, but it's very clear for a while, Michael Jordan was out to prove that he was the best player. And once he felt like he accomplished that, then it was, how can I be the best player if I'm not winning championships? Now, I've, now that I've got everybody on my best player side, 
What if I just win championships? Meanwhile, you could argue again that there are other guys out there. It's like Tim Duncan just came in the league and was like, man, I just want to win championships. And he won year two. And he got hurt year one. Like he, 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 he did his winning straight out of the gate, but it was never of like, I need to get mine guy. Sure. And I hate to say it, but LeBron James is the same way. He was never like, I'm going to win the scoring title this year. That's one thing I don't have on my accomplishments. Well, well the, the scoring title, you know, you always talk about throwing the most yards as a quarterback in the NFL. and You don't want your QB to throw the most yards. It's, it's basically the same thing. That's what I'm saying. So I, I just said that with quarterbacks. It's like, you know, you can look at all the gaudy scoring stats, but what, what are those without the championships? But yet people use them together. People use the championships and the scoring stats, and it's like they were kind of in opposition to each other. Now, obviously, Michael Jordan's still winning MVPs and finals MVPs. He's still the greatest player in basketball when he's winning those championships. But a lot of the things that you're referencing as the reasons that he's better than a LeBron, like career scoring average or, you know, how many scoring titles he had or even how many, like, like him winning the steals title or whatever. Yeah, okay, he's doing that when they were trash. And then when they were winning championships, Scottie Pippen's defending the best player on the other team. Yeah. It's it's a really good book, though. I highly recommend it. We got to talk some more Boston Red Sox, Prano. At this point, what can Red Sox fans say? Well, if you look under the Red Sox tweet, you can see what they say, which one of the most hilarious things I've ever read. Oh, yeah. Actually, is, I'm on it right now. Oh, is the amazing. amount of people underneath that are like, keep politics out of sports. And you're like, bro, asking our fans not to say the N-word to opposing players and our own staff, I don't know if that would be considered politics. I, I, I don't think if you went to Harvard University and majored in political science, they're like, poli sci 101, don't call random black people the N-word in public. Well, first of all, first off, I should say, you know, kudos to the Red Sox. I think this probably isn't easy to do. And I don't know if I've ever seen a team do this, to be honest, of any sport. They called out their fans. And they tweeted yesterday. The caption says, this is real. And they have a big description. And it starts off with, Tory Hunter's experience is real, is what it says. And they're basically saying, guys, this isn't fake. This is real. This is a problem. And they document and say last year there were seven reported incidents at Fenway Park where fans used racial slurs. And those are just the ones we know about. And I'm really glad they put that in there. And they go on. It's not only the players. It happens to the dedicated black employees who work for us during game days. Their uniforms may be different, but their voices and experiences are just as important. And basically they go on to say, everything we all knew and they're calling their fans out. And I, like you said, or like I said earlier, I do, you know, I've never seen a, a whole organization just call their fans out and say, stop being racist. I mean, this is unprecedented and good for them. Good for the Red Sox as an organization. And you're right. I'm looking the third comment down. It says, <laughs> shame on you, Red Sox. I've been a lifelong fan for you to basically choose and political side which makes no sense and contribute to this nonsense is incredible why don't you also call for defunding the police in boston we'll see how that goes it'll probably go great first of all asshole for the second portion of your thing and first of all again how racist you gotta be to say screaming the n-word at people is a political position I, I love this. 
Somebody also responded. Let's go through some of the Boston comments. I told you, you're like, you're like, what is there to say? I'm like, go under their tweet, Andy. There's hundreds of people have fucking ridiculous things to say. By the way, th- this response is the guy who says, I have a black friend or I have a gay friend. This guy responded with a picture of a black, a former black player wearing Cosby. Or is this Bill Cosby? I don't know. Or, or is this Joe? I don't know. But is it is this Bill Cosby? I can't see because they're not turned around. Are they trying to say like Boston loves black people? I don't do. It's almost like saying, "Hey, look at former black players showing up to Boston." Boston like has nothing. To st- I mean, I, I said it last episode, and I'll say it again. For the people who don't know, for the young Boston fans, for whatever, like. Google Bill Russell's relationship with Boston. He played in Boston. He won 11 championships in Boston. He didn't visit Boston for a long time after because they, were, they treated him like garbage. They were racist toward the guy who the NBA Finals MVP trophy is named after, who won 11 championships in 13 years. I mean, these comments are amazing. You will not get another dime from me. <laughs> If I can't say the N-word at Fenway, I'm not coming. John Henry, please sell the team. This is a funny comment. If the Red Sox want to fight racism, they need to leave Boston, honestly. I just, by the way, there's a common trend in all this, as you can imagine, and won't be American American flags in there. Screen names? Zero actual profile pics. All faceless trolls. No one willing to show their face. You know, we've we've argued a lot about uh, America and and how great America is and blah blah blah. You got. I mean, you got to admit, Andy. If you're on the anti-American side of an argument, the fact that the worst people in the history of the internet all have the american flag in their screen name i mean it's got i mean i'm not sure what the argument is there but i'm just saying there is an argument there you're you're missed you're like captain america for our show you're not putting the american flag in your bio every person with the american flag in their screen name is human trash I agree, but I disagree that I'm I'm Captain America for the show. Have you, by the way, have you ever had a good exchange with anybody who had the American flag? I honestly, I wish there was like a, hmm. I wish there was like a like a some sort of flag that I could put in mind that just like straight up attacked that, <laughs> like, like the the uh, I don't know what was the Cobra flag from G.I. Joe or something. Speaking of Cobra, my brother and I stayed up late last night and we watched uh, Alone is Cobra? Rambo, Last Blood. The the one that came out last year. Michael Jordan bullshit truck is back. Hold on. Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. So you, you watched the new Rambo. Bro, if you want a comedy that's not supposed to be a comedy, we just, we couldn't stop, like, we couldn't stop laughing because what's, what's so crazy about Sylvester Stallone is how old he is and just how jacked, take a guess how old Sylvester Stallone is. 67. He's going to be 74 next month. Yeah. My dad's going to be 77. And that, that, that kept being the joke. Can you imagine Walt doing these movies? Like, they're, they're within three years. He's born in 1946. Yeah. The amount of HGH and whatever work Stallone has had. And by the way, I'm not like an anti-Stallone person at all. He's made a lot of great movies, and he's like a self-made man. Yeah. But seeing 73-year-old Sylvester Stallone take on – a uh, underage 
sex trafficking ring from Mexico. Because that's that's the premise. Don't want to get too much away. I can't I can't wait for just like CT, our boy CT, Hall of Fame. What is it with our Hall of Famers? I can't wait for Hall of Famers CT and Benangi to chime in and be like, well, the fact that he used a carrot as a weapon was actually an analogy for the great <laughs> Looney Tunes. The great Looney Tunes cartoons of the 50s. Uh, if you remember, Elmer Fudd was actually... What was that movie that they like... You literally described the worst movie of all time and they defended... Shoot him up. Shoot him up. They let's, defended let's, it as like a real life Bugs Bunny versus Elmer Fudd action movie. Credit to CT. He's actually right. That's what they were doing. By the way, I texted with CT today. Yeah. Because I was asking about a possible rental car. We got to give him some love and, and first of all, get his Hall of Fame thing figured out. He, uh, he's going to be CT formerly from Seattle. I know. He told me. Yeah, I was, I was messaging with him, too, because he did hook me up with a rental car for today. Uh, he's, he's, he's moving to the middle of Washington. On a promotion. Congrats. On a promotion for Enterprise. You know what I was thinking, Andy? So I was thinking about the Hall of Fame thing. You know, we had talked about, like, putting up their picture or whatever. You know that space that we left open right above the uh, the sign? Yeah. I think we should put a little shelf there. And here's what I think we should do for Hall of Famers. I think we should get custom bobbleheads done of the Hall of Famers. Who does that? Do you know anybody? I, I, know, I know it's a thing. What's that cost? I'm just curious. Do you know? Let's find out. I mean, how much could it cost? 30 bucks? Custom bobbleheads. But it's a hundred bucks. Twenty-six dollars. Love it or your money back. I mean, how many Hall of Famers do we have at this point? Three. Be Mitch, Stanga, and CT. Yeah. So we're we're out we're out you know we're out seventy-five bucks out of the gate, and then yeah, no, I'm not worried about the money. I was just curious. Yeah. I think that I think that's a great thing, and they should all have like whatever our dirty sports jacket is. Speaking of the dirt balls, uh, you know how you jokingly said that you and Tug had set up my apartment for an Airbnb? Yeah. One reached out to me and thought it was real. Who? Our good friend Micah. Oh, I reached out to you about staying in your apartment? He's going to be passing through L.A. in July with his girlfriend, and he asked if he could stay in the Smut Studio for a couple nights. And you're not going to be there, so yeah, right? I got to get back to him on it because, yeah, it's looking like I might be, in, be out here in the Midwest through the end of July and come back to the very beginning of August. Barring how long I can, me and Walt can cohabitate together. You got to get a bowling night going. I've been keeping track of some of his insane quotes and I'll tweet them out. Here was a classic one last night. Are you going to tweet them out from the Walt Ruther account? I don't have access to that. He said, we go, Dad, you want to watch this movie with us? Because he doesn't watch movies. He goes, I don't watch movies. You already know what's going to happen in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> what? We, I want to test this theory. I think you should make, I think you should, I think you should do, this should be a dirty sports experiment. You should pick a movie. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be, you know, a sixth sense or anything like that. But Pick a movie and be like, and pause it 10 minutes in and be like, Dad, how does this end? <laughs> I mean, even, even a 90-minute action Rambo movie last night, I had no clue. I knew, I knew people were going to come back to his compound because obviously they're teeing it up. The fact that John Rambo is 70 years old and has tunnels underneath his his ranch in arizona you knew people were going to come to the compound and i also right i'd seen previews but i didn't know he was uh, gonna... by the way andy before you criticize it i want you to know that this is a uh analogous remake of caddyshack in uh rambo john rambo is actually the gopher uh and <laughs> but i also didn't know he was going to be taking on an entire mexican underage sex the, the El Chapo-like Mexican drug character is the judge from Caddyshack. Taking digs at our Hall of Famers, Joe. I love it. 
I, I like this idea, though. I do like this idea. But that means I have to get through my dad. My dad had to watch a whole movie. I, we, you know what I did get him to watch? Naked Gun. Like, there's certain movies that if they're on, he'll watch. But, like, Walt's not sitting through Rambo, Last Blood. By the way, I just want to thank you for your John Stockton-like assist there. Uh, the reminder that Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific time, I'll be hosting a conversation with our good friend of the show, David Zucker, and co-writer Pat Proft, who has worked on many movies together, including Naked Gun, All the Naked Guns, Police Squad, etc. cetera. Uh, and that's going to be at flappers.com flapperscomedy.com if you go to their calendar on monday we are doing that show tickets are available now zooming in with david zucker and pat prof hosted by yours truly joe Prano. now when we had david on the show a few years ago he was talking about bringing back naked gun you got to ask him we, we, we got to see where we're at oh first of all i know where we're at but i won't spoil that for you you'll have to tune in on monday that's what i'm saying yeah Tease us with that, Joe. Make sure you ask him that for Monday. It's, a, it's actually a very interesting status. Ooh. So if you want to know where, what's going on with Naked Gun 444 and a fourth or whatever, they probably would have called it. Uh, tune in on Monday. Go and to flapper, flapperscomedy.com. And, and, and one more request for my sake, please get some sort of OJ question or joke in there at some point. Oh, absolutely. Right? I mean, come on. I think the juice is ready. He's ready to be in another movie. The thing is, is, and we talked about on the show, they always work with an athlete. That's like a thing that they do for their movies, you know? And I didn't even realize how long that went. Shaq was the star of one of the last scary movies. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, but also, and I think he talked about this on our show, and I know you love it, and I know you know it one way or the other, but you know they wanted Pete Rose. Yeah, he was supposed to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Kareem's so much better. Yeah. Or was he? Who knows? Who knows what Pete would have done? Probably gambled. Yeah, that's a great. Now you got me thinking, Joe. As you're saying that, that's a good point. What what current athlete? What I love about what he's done is he's put somebody you didn't suspect, right? He put right. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a pilot. He puts O.J. Simpson as a cop. Yeah. Who would you want to see? Like you couldn't pick LeBron because it's too obvious, and he's already done stuff. Like what athlete? Would you like, hey, this would be kind of a funny role. That's also a big athlete because he's picked some major athletes. Yeah. Yeah, who would, like, if they, if they remade Airplane today, who, who do you have in that co-pilot seat? I don't know. It's a good question. Jameis Winston? I'd like to see Jameis acting. That, that would if Jameis was in a movie. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to see Jameis act like a professional quarterback first. Shots fired. Pow, pow, pow. Prano, you got places to be. I got. I got things to paint for Walt. So let's make it quick and short. Well, uh, I just got my plug in, guys. If you're interested in naked gun stuff and airplane stuff and scary movie stuff and police squad stuff and all that bachelor party and basketball and police academy and all these movies uh tune in on monday to zooming in with david zucker and pat proft hosted by yours truly it's at flapperscomedy.com tickets are on sale now there's vip tickets so that you could get in to a secondary uh after show may andy this might be for you and then ask your own questions Ooh. so you might want to do that and uh, also follow me on Instagram at Joe Prano. Follow me on Twitter at Fix Your Life. I've been putting some stand-up clips on TikTok, so you can go there for that. Nikki D's been helping me out with that. Uh, and still 
at Joe Prano on Venmo. I will use uh, any donations that come in this weekend for beers on the golf course. Going to put this knee to the test, Andy. Going to see nice. if this Going to see if this reconstructed knee can handle 18 holes, and if it can, possibly 36 holes of golf up at Edgewood in Tahoe. Love it. Well, Dirt Balls, I know we've been doing Zoom, so we haven't done calls for a while. So if you have any questions, slide into our DMs at The Dirty Sports on Twitter or Instagram, and uh, we can read those questions on next week's show. Follow me at Andy Ruther, and subscribe to us on YouTube, and drop an iTunes review. That's it from my end. Joe, safe travels up to the Bay and to Tahoe. Enjoy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I, th I think it's important for you to get out of L.A., my friend, and uh, yeah. spend some, uh, some leisure time. I'm, but, I'm, excited uh, to, I'm excited to hit the links, and I'm also, yeah. excited, I'm also excited to just go to the great McDuff's Pub. It's going to be good to sit at a bar and have a drink with some friends. Like, it's pre-corona days. I agree. I think it's, I think it's really good. Well, guys, have a great week. Stay safe. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>